Hello, welcome to Anamoot. And Crown, tell me, what do you think? It's a... No, sorry, I'm starting again. <laughs> I love these false starts, they're the best. Welcome to Animoot. We're two animators, we don't know what we're doing. Alright, for real this time. Hello, welcome to Animoot. And a question that comes up, it comes and goes over the years, is 2D dying? Thoughts and opinions? And my answer to that is, I guess it depends on the market you're looking at. But actually, today I was watching a live stream by Aaron Blaze, and he said something interesting, which is that when movies came out, plays didn't stop existing. Mm. It's not as if 2D is going away or will go away completely. It's just now it doesn't get the exposure that it used to, but it still exists, just like plays. Is that like... When the television came out, people were thinking that cinema would die. Or radio would die, yeah. But has it ever gone down? It's changed a lot over the years for sure, but I've, you know, 2D's probably gone down in feature film in particular. You don't see it in theatres as much. But I don't think there's any less uh, TV shows or online content or video games that are 2D. In fact, I think those have been on the rise again in recent years. Yeah, I would agree with you. That's what I usually... So my standard answer, I guess we'll start with that. First off, 2D animation right now is dead in North American cinema. That's kind of how it is. Japan and China might actually have more 2D feature films than we do over here in this side of the world. So again, it depends on where you are. And there's uh, like there's some studios that still do 2D productions. So Cartoon Saloon is one of them. And they do stuff like Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, Breadwinner. They're doing, they're doing one called Wolfwalkers right now. So they have really good 2D stuff. But it's just not a big moneymaker for big studios anymore. So they don't do it. And I guess in that regard, it's, yeah, it's dead. Like, no more 2D movies. Dead. Jesus, that's such a harsher opinion than I was expecting to hear. I'm so much more optimistic about this kind of thing. Are you really? All right, all right. Share your optimism with me. Yeah, for sure. Well, when you said, like, people are like, oh, don't uh, bother learning 2D, just learn 3D. Uh, But 2D is, I I guess in a way it's easier. Like, Like in regards to the amount of skills you need to be able to pull it off, it's a lot easier for one person to be able to take something from beginning to finish. Uh, but if you get a job in 3D, although you have to learn many of the skills throughout a, a, a course or whatever, you're never going to have to use all of those things together in film, I guess. I don't know. I've never actually done it, really. <laughs> but it seems like you would have a job as a rigger, as a the texture mapper, as the keyframe animator. Uh, but all those films anyway, they still need uh, 2D storyboards. And in a lot of the cases, they're... They're, like, roughed completely. Like, even, like, the in-betweens and stuff are done yeah. on the most part. That is... that I always found that really strange. Like, really? Uh, yeah. And I know, I know people listening have seen it, too, where you'll see a 2D version of a 3D movie. Like, they roughed it, and they did a pencil test. And then they did it on the 3D model. That I don't understand why this happens. Like, Really? It makes perfect sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you spend all that time just to basically throw... I I guess you're not throwing it out, but you're just then applying it. It's that when you get rigs that complicated and the lighting effects that just take forever and you've got render times that take a a really long time, like, a lot of the time it is... When is it just quicker to just draw it? Especially for something that is a cartoon at heart. Figuring out how it will stretch and manipulate and exaggerate in certain places. It's easier to draw that into existence than to figure out 
where will the stretch points on my model be? Um, for live action films, it's a little bit different because they'll do, um, I don't know, I mean, they're still probably 2D storyboards and stuff, but I don't think they're probably animated fully by hand. But uh, there are 3D mock-ups of action scenes and stuff like that. Uh, so you can sort of get the choreography and the camera work down before you lay out all the motion trackers and get the dudes in the makeup and all the crazy CGI and everything. You just do a rudimentary, low-budget CGI just so you can get pacing down. But now you're getting into the interesting bit, which is 3D started to exist in cinema because it was fast and easy to produce and cheaper than having these highly skilled, trained 2D animators but now we've come around to the point where it's actually cheaper to hire some 2D animators than it is to deal with the the extreme amount of production equipment and render farms and lighting and all this other crazy stuff and these complicated rigs and effects and blah, 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 blah. It's cheaper to just actually draw it, which is just so weird to me. So in a way, we are starting to see companies experiment with putting 2D back into films. So we got, for example, the My Little Pony movie, the Teen Titans Go movie, and then we have these weird hybrids like the Spider-Verse movie, uh, like strange combinations of sort of 2D trying to achieve that look with 3D stuff. I don't know. It seems almost like the two genres start to crisscross each other over time. Like primitive 3D is quicker to do than good 2D. But good 2D is probably easier to do than really good 3D. And even on TV, you get it. Like uh, um, Gumball has the mixture of 2D rigs and 3D rigs. And I've seen that happen more and more. I don't know. It's just really interesting time where everything's sort of up in the air. Like, Well, video games sort of went through the same thing as well 10 years ago when like the N64 and like GameCube era, that was... 3D was very trendy and like 2D games just disappeared for a while. Oh no, 2D platforms are dead. We'll never see them again. But you know, they, they came back when like the indie scene started to hit because it's easy to produce. It ages better a lot of the time. You can put more stylistic flair into it. Uh, and now the, the, the two universes happily coexist. Uh, when 2D games first started to come back, uh, some, I remember some people like turning their noses up and be like, oh, that game has bad graphics, therefore it's bad. And it's like, it doesn't have bad, it's just this, it's a style choice to have it as a cartoon. But will it ever come back to film? I don't know if, I don't, it's not going to be the way it was, say, back in the 80s and 90s, where you would go to the movies to see the new Disney 2D animated whatever it was. Yeah, it seems like Disney's probably driving the nail into the coffin harder and harder when they're going back to their 2D films and remaking them all in live action quote-unquote live action okay but then you have disney also making those really fantastic classic looking mickey mouse cartoons with like the old rubber hose type animation and gags and stuff so i don't know what they're doing over there they're just i have no idea what's going on over there they're crazy they've got so many departments and stuff uh, probably half the organization doesn't know what the other half is doing at any one time. Well, I hope they'll dive back into it. But the um the the live action Disney's are a real weird one because especially with that Lion King film coming out. Well, for one, it's not live action. One hundred percent an animated movie. Apparently, there's not even apparently there's not even motion capture in the characters. Like it's all keyframe animation. Are you serious? I didn't know that. I don't think anywhere in the marketing does it say animated movie. Like like they don't want us to. 
to call it that. What do they want us to think it is? Uh, I don't think they know. Like, the words live action don't appear officially, I think, but it appears in, like, articles and stuff. I'm assuming it's just because if people hear animated or cartoon, they'll be like, oh, it's for kids, so what's the point? Even though it is a film that is made solely on baking off the nostalgia of a cartoon. I know, I know. Uh, But, okay, so if we're going to bring that up, I have to get this off my chest. This really bothers me. I feel like if I were a filmmaker, a live-action filmmaker, I would be upset at the fact that we think that we can replace real stuff with animation. Go on. When we were kids, in the movies, when they had to do stuff with animals, they used to have trained animals that actually did the stunt or whatever it was or people who actually did the stunt now we just cheat and use cg and a lot of the times it doesn't doesn't live up to the actual real action like if you're doing a live action movie why don't you do it live action why are you cheating it's probably better that they didn't have to like train an elephant in a confined space to do some tricks anymore (laughs) yeah yeah i guess so i guess so but still i um as a film watcher, I miss the days when, uh, like, we would make the props or make the monster stu- suits and stuff. So that's when you get a show like Stranger Things on Netflix where they actually build a suit for the monster instead of just making an animation. And it, you can tell it looks so much better. You're getting very back in my day here. <laughs> back, okay, okay. So anyway, back to the topic. No, 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 there's, there's things to bounce off here. Like, um, the, because I, personally, I'm, I'm very fond of, like, CG stuff, and it only starts to bother me when... Um, it's not Uncanny Valley to you? It doesn't seem Uncanny Valley? No, because I like animation. I enjoy watching it. Oh, me too, obviously, but it just... I, I guess I just wish that it was probably acknowledged a little bit more rather than this whole, oh, it's a live-action thing, even though the film is probably, like, 50% animated, uh, and, you know, the actor is... You know, the voice actor gets the credit, even though, it's like, he's the studio of 80 people that brought them to life. Um, when it comes to making it look realistic and believable, like, yeah, I know it can be used as a bit of a crutch nowadays, but, you know, you can get away with it. I feel like we probably notice it more because we're keeping an eye out for it. Uh, And audiences notice and complain about it if it's in a fantastical setting, like a sci-fi or a fantasy, and probably don't really notice or even care how heavily live action is used in just regular, like, urban current day movies and tv shows where probably like 50 percent of it was shot in a studio and then hey we completely green screened in like the outside see that train going past in the background that's just an aesthetic thing that literally no one will notice cgi like that happens so outrageously heavily no one bats an eye because you're not looking for it it's just you know it's a normal thing but uh for the fantastical stuff where people are keeping an eye out for it um the films that aged really well from the early like 90s and stuff was when they couldn't uh, lean on it as a crutch. So there were all these different, you know, all the different techniques, like, you know, the switch between puppetry and animatronics, uh, and maybe there'd be like stop motion bits and then a bit of CGI to flare it all up. And I probably miss that that doesn't really get seen very much. Uh, like, you know, Jurassic Park is one of the famous examples of like good early CGI, but that's because a lot of time it wasn't, right? They had like... They built like, stuff. Like, puppet heads. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so it would be really interesting to see how that would go down now. Like, say if there was a new Gremlins film, hypothetically, uh, it would be quite... I, I would assume the best way to go about that would be to keep it puppets, like 
80% of the time, 90% of the time, and then you'd use CGI to have some of the more impossible moments. Like, you could really use it as polish and flair uh, rather than it being 100% one or the other. Um, Roger Rabbit. Sorry, I'm rambling now. I don't care. You set me off. Roger Rabbit's probably the best example of this. You know, it was one of the first... It's very normal now to have these movies where it is animated characters interacting with live-action characters uh, because it's all trying to be photoreal. Um, but Roger Rabbit was having a tread on new ground with that, and the only way they pulled it off was because they changed the trick, like, every single shot. Uh, there's this uh, fairly famous moment that gets talked about as an example of this, which is a car chase scene, because uh, it's a live-action character inside a cartoon car in a live-action world, uh, and it's constantly shifting between things like his, like, I think he's like in a go-kart or something and they drew the car over the top and then the next shot it's actually like an animated hand-drawn human but it's moving so fast and it's in smear frames that you don't really notice. And well they use puppets and stuff in that too uh, for Who Framed Roger Rabbit because they had to like they I think they used a puppet to have the character hold the gun so they had the little gun on a stick or something like that and then they would draw over it. But anyway anyway we're getting we're talking more about is 2D dying? I guess... We haven't finished talking about Lion King yet. Oh, well, I mean, I'm funny. I'm done talking about it. It's animated. I don't know what their deal is or why they think marketing-wise they need to not market this. Is it the correct name of the genre, though? Do you reckon we need a new genre? Like, you know, call it hyper-real or something like that. Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't think we need any more... Because <sighs> you've got 2D animated and 3D animated films sort of count as different genres. People label them differently. This is the next level again. You can't really compare the new Lion King to, you know, Frozen. I, I was just thinking about it. Is there any other movie that's like that? It's all animated to look real, but none of it is. Beauty and the Beast starts is sort of the halfway point there. Where you've got... <sighs> no, there's a lot of actors in that. Oh, no, Jungle Book, sorry. Jungle Book's probably the closest thing because that had like one live action character in a very animated world. But I think after this point, it's more likely than not that we will see more films go this route, now that it's possible. Yeah, I guess you could have a movie that's 100% animated and it's supposed to look real. It's just weird to me. Now we're kind of getting into, like, VR. When, when it comes to, like, naming a new genre, perhaps. Okay. For films like, say, Avengers and Junk, where it's a solid 40% animated, do we even need new genres for that kind of bridge no because that that genre is more more like is it action is it comedy is it drama that i feel like those genres are more useful but would you call that a live action movie yeah or a hybrid well okay but most people don't recognize hybrid as a genre. No, they don't. But should we start considering it or adopting it as a part of our mindset, especially when you have several members of your cast who are completely CGI characters, like, say, Transformers movies? I mean, I'll level with you. I think that would be nice to use as a term because it gives more recognition to all of the artists who are required to make that movie happen, like the people who are... You know, doing the effects and the, the machines that create the effects. When we call it a live action movie, that discredits everybody who's doing the effects side of things. Like they don't exist, right? Frankly, I believe it will open people's minds up a bit more to uh, accepting CGI as a mainstay. You know, because people are like, oh, you know, I'm getting sick of all this CGI and stuff. You just had that around a few minutes ago. 
But if these things were sort of called a hybrid or, you know, animated film or something like that, then it's probably more likely that it'll get a pass. People are going into the film expecting that kind of experience. So uh, I mentioned Transformers just now. There's an example of that because that's, you know, been half and half, mostly live action, but with CGI characters slotted into it. But now, apparently, apparently, there's a film that is in the works that is just a full-on, like, photoreal animated war for Cybertron movie. There was, like, a three-minute section of this at the beginning of the Bumblebee film. And it's really, really good. Uh, and that's a live-action film. But the first, this first scene, 100% animated. So what do we call that? Uh, and if this film gets made, will that be done that super, super, super photoreal? Or will they... Oh, it's a 100% animated film. We might as well dial it back and embrace, um, you know, a little bit of squash and stretch and crap. I don't know. But then that's a different genre altogether because you have the hybrid genre, let's call it, let's just say, okay, it's a hybrid film. It's part CGI, part live action. But then you have, again, the Lion King movie, which is all animated, (laughs) but it's supposed to look real. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really curious about that movie, just if, as long as we're talking about it, because what what's it going to be like to watch that? How do you get the expressiveness out of the characters when they're made to be as real as possible and you're not letting yourself break that? Like, you get movies like Narnia and stuff where they break the animals so that it can smile and things and have emotion, but if you're trying to be photoreal, then... I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, what is that going to look like? I have no idea. So this thing, if they can pull it off, then that deserves a ridiculous... I mean, I think they deserve a lot of credit already. What they've been able to pull off with this is quite phenomenal. Uh, and if you can somehow have these characters emote and express in a believable way that isn't Uncanny Valley, that's insane. And I guess I'm worried that some people are going to write it off simply because oh, it's another one of those live-action Disney films, or, you know, just a cash grab, whatever, and then not really, you know, uh, pay its course when it's an incredible work of engineering. How can you be mad about it when it is 3D animated? Because animation's just for kids. What are you, some kind of child? (laughs) Yes. No, I think people are probably just have ants in their pants because The Lion King is, is not just nostalgic, it's iconic. So to have it perverted into one of, yet again, Disney's live action remakes. But what I find interesting about these remakes that they do is they're not 100% true to the source material. Some are spin-offs, some are sequels, some are reimaginings. Like this one looks like it's going for almost a shot for shot redo, just like really shiny. Yeah, I, I'm ki- I, maybe I'll go see it. I don't know. Like I don't, I wouldn't feel bad about supporting that. I just wish... Disney would stop remaking everything. <laughs> well, if, okay, if we were to hypothetically think of this uh, hyper-real, photo-real as a new genre, what would be a, a good kind of film to tackle with? We might have to do a new IP rather than remaking everything <laughs> in this way. Um, but I guess it could make for a really good sci-fi or a fantasy film. Oh, I, I would say for sure. If you want to, if you're a sci-fi person, I would do one of these hyper real. Actually, now that we're mentioning that on Netflix, there's a there's a series of animations called Love, Death and Robots. They're all little shorts. That's an excellent example. One of them is so realistic. There are moments where you cannot tell. You cannot tell that it's actually animated. It, it blows my mind. Which one was that? Beyond the Aquila Rift. 
that was fascinating to me. Because uh, we're starting to be able to get out of the Uncanny Valley and actually make it look real. <laughs> Which is like, wow. Something I couldn't stop thinking while watching that series was because there was so much photoreal and extreme talent with that style going on, is it seems like many of these would have been studios that up until now had been doing this sort of service work, sprucing up the live action films, doing that CGI character, doing the quote unquote live action remake. And this may be one of the first times that they've really been able to flex their muscles and say, hey, let's actually make an animated short. Yeah. So a lot of the studios, I did a bunch of research to see like who did what and that. Um, a lot of them are very high end effects production companies for stuff like the Marvel movies and things like that. So any really high end hybrid movie would have had probably one of these studios working on their stuff. So this is a chance for those studios to say, okay, let's push our technology as far as we possibly can now that we don't have to answer to anybody else. <laughs> most of those could work as a pilot for something, and I really hope it does start a bit of a crusade or an agenda to be like, hey, let's let's get these studios an actual thing. Like, let's get them to make a series. Yeah. Man, it's an exciting time for animation. I don't even think... I mean, 2D dying? No, I don't really think it's dying. I just think you're not going to see 2D feature films in movie theaters very often in North America. Again, got to be very specific because in other parts of the world, 2D films are still very much a thing. So much so they sometimes come overseas and end up here. Like, I know Your Name was a movie that was playing in theaters around here. Um, what's that? There's a... That's, and there's the other genre that we haven't talked about, which is stop motion. Because, like, stop motion has improved so much that it's hard to tell it apart from CGI sometimes. I remember reading an article about that. And then it's the question is, should you leave some of the roughness in of the stop motion instead of putting so much post-processing on top of it that you can't even tell that it's stop motion anymore? Like, Because, yeah, those imperfections are how you tell. Like, if you uh, drop the frame rate of a CGI film, then you can trick people into thinking it's stop motion now. Like like the Lego movie, that was its goal, was to get people confused on whether or not it was CGI or a stop motion movie. I actually don't know if it was CGI or stop motion. It, it was CGI, but the, the programs they used to build the models were, like it wasn't like just a CG modeler. It was a, you had to use real Lego bricks to do it. It's interesting you mentioned that because in part of the, um, the multi-animator project that I released the uh, split screen sticky bee map. One of the participants, he does all of this stop motion Lego stuff and it looks so great, but that is all uh, stop motion. So it's not the CGI stuff that they use in the Lego movie. Yeah, there's a lot of charm to stop motion I really like and we could do a whole episode on it, I think. We've spent most of the time talking about 3D and CGI and stuff uh, and particularly in film, uh, I do think that it's a matter of time until 2D makes a resurgence. It's the same as any other trend or genre. You think you're not seeing any of it, and it only takes one really big breakout hit for the entire industry to start chasing That's true. That those dollar signs. Oh, that's what's popular again? Oh, I guess we'll all go make that now. And then, you know, suddenly you see too much of it and people start to get sick of it. And we did mention it or at the beginning of this cast that some studios have been experimenting with putting 2D movies into theaters because they're relatively cheap to produce now, especially if you're doing puppet stuff. So, I mean, even though your movie has doesn't get as many viewers, the budget is so ridiculously low that it doesn't even matter. You make all your money back. 
I feel like we could revisit this topic again, though. There's still so much to talk about with... About 2D dying? Because oh, we've mainly just talked about film. And with TV and online content, 2D is, is on the rise. There's so much of it. And there's so many different ways to do it now. It isn't just like, oh, you got to do it the Hanna-Barbera way because that's the only way that's <laughs> possible in budget. Uh, but we've got choices. Do we do it frame by frame? Do we do it have it rig-based? Do we do it some hybrid with 2D and 3D? Uh, there's... There's so much cool stuff going on and people are getting better at trying to figure out how to do these things. The software to make it with is getting better as well. What's going to happen when we start animating with VR tools? We'll probably all be like stop motion animators with a physical character on our desk manipulating its points. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, because we didn't talk anything about the TV side of things and the, the indie side of things or the video game side of things. Because like you said, 2D is having a resurgence in these areas. Like, it's popular now. It looks good. You can do really fascinating stylistic things with 2D that you didn't used to be able to do before because the technology couldn't handle it. Now it can. And you can mix things, like hybrid 2D, 3D. And uh, there's someone who participated in that map again who did this really, really interesting 2D animation where it's, like, cut-out paper that's colored and pinned and then tweened it just looks so different than anything you would normally see it's really interesting so anyway the genre has there's plenty to do there's lots to experiment with and the indie scene is kind of going crazy because it's accessible you can do it for free if you have a computer just grab a bunch of free programs and animate stuff yeah i'm sure we'll revisit this again soon but i do get that question a lot as well should i even bother getting into 2d is there any work for it i heard it was dying and i of course, I get tilted by it because it's <laughs> my field. Uh, but no, I don't believe it's dying at all. Uh, there's ebbs and flows with everything. There can be periods of time where there may not be a lot of work going around. And then the next year, it's booming. And there's so much work, we can't find enough workers. It depends where in the world you are, for sure, as well. Cultures affect things. People's attitudes affect things. Well, the economy affects things as well, like which countries are viable to get uh, productions made. But there are ways. We live in a small world now. It's it's possible to move around and meet people and, and, and do all sorts of things. And we never know what will get commissioned tomorrow. 